Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. And go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to it. Nothing has changed since yesterday. Nothing, cat. <laughs> and that's where we end the podcast. Thanks for checking it out. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about you're talking specifically about Omicron, aren't you? Uh, yeah, actually, well, yes. Yes. Now there's five possible cases, although I'm sure now that they're going to test all the samples they've got still sitting around the lab, they'll find a lot more. Sure. One in Quebec, four in Ontario. Uh, everything is very Omicron lately. Mm-hmm. However, the travel rules changed today. Finally. Well, some of them. One of them I'm not thrilled about. Uh, so here's what changes today. Okay. As of today, travelers do not need to produce a negative COVID PCR test to re-enter Canada after a short trip of 72 hours or less. So if you're going to Buffalo for the weekend, if you're going to Detroit for the weekend, you don't need to drop between $150 and $200 U.S. just to get a test to prove you don't have COVID. How do they feel about us going there for 72 hours? I mean, we're the ones that have Omicron. They don't have it yet. Yeah. You know they do. You know that they do. They do. We know. They know. It's they, just not official yet. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come out. They've got it. Everybody else has got it. So, of course, yeah. America's got it, too. Listen, I just don't see a point in even having the border open if you've got to produce this test. And there's a lot of people who are very, very, very patient waiting and waiting for this border to reopen so they could reunite with family or friends or coworkers or whomever. There's a lot of business that needs to be done here. Yeah. And I'm glad we're reopening the border and it never, ever, ever made sense. But here's the problem. This is where Justin fucked himself. He made this announcement or he had his minister come out and make the announcement two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, they came out and said, we're going to drop the negative test requirement as of November the 30th. Yes, that's I remember it well. And you know, I said at the time, that's fucking dumb, Justin. If it doesn't make sense in two weeks, it doesn't make sense now. Just cut it and stop costing people money. But no, no. He didn't want to do it and face all the backlash right before Black Friday. So he left it in place till the end of November. Well, now, Justin, in hindsight, what would you rather? Would you rather have just dropped it right away and and run the risk that some people may have gone over to the U.S. to do some Black Friday shopping? Or would you rather leave it in place for two more weeks, piss everyone off for two weeks, and now the test comes off as the Omicron variant is out there? Yeah. It's a bad look, Justin, all because you tried to nuance the shit out of this one and you didn't need to. You'd think, was there a chance that he would have backtracked on this and said, yeah, I know I said November 30th, but... Well, actually, one of the reporters in the Queen's Park, sorry, in the House of Commons press pool asked the transportation minister today, hey, uh, the testing is up as of today. Are you thinking about putting that back in because of Omicron's here? He said, we're going to consult with the cabinet about that today. Okay. Basically, if you've got to go to the States for a day trip, I'd do it in the next few days because these fuckers might put it back in. And if they do put it back in, it still won't make sense. It still won't keep Omicron or Delta or regular COVID or the flu or strep or anything else out of Canada. It won't do a thing except piss you off and cost you money. But this is the sort of shit that our leaders do. They stand up there and do these things so they can say, we're making a difference. We're keeping Canada safe. No, you're not. In fact, Omicron got in with those rules in effect. So I don't read anything into it. Yeah. They're okay. not doing anything helpful except for just wasting everyone's time and money. Fun. Now, the other change is, as of today, 
anybody getting on a train or a plane in Canada must be fully vaccinated. I wonder if anybody stranded or did everybody get where they were going before the deadline kicked in today? We've had a decent amount of time to know this, right? I mean, how long has it been? Well, they've already pushed it back once because so many yeah. people told them to fuck off. Yeah. So I don't know. Near as we can tell. There's roughly one in five people that are not vaccinated, that are eligible for vaccination, that aren't vaccinated. And if that's the case, that's going to be a pretty substantial hit to the airlines. I don't know what's going to happen, but it really is having an impact on people. That's that's for international and domestic, right? This is for everything? It's any plane or train any plane. originating in Canada. Somebody gotcha. asked me about yeah. that. Yeah, I was well, curious if there's like a loophole of some kind. So they're really, they're trying their best to make it, there be no loopholes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to mess with it. I mean, if you yeah. live in Canada and you want to go to the States. Okay, well, the States doesn't have that rule. So what do you have to drive over the border to fly within the States? Because I think that's how people are going to get around. Yeah, they it. are. They're going to go to Buffalo or whatever. And you know what? It's cheaper to fly to Buffalo anyway. Go yeah. down to Buffalo. Go down to Detroit. Get yourself a nice cheap jet blue or yeah. or uh, what's out of the window? Southwest flight and you're laughing. You know what? Don't even bother with the shit that's going on here with WestJet and Air Canada. Just don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Just drive over the border and fly if you have to because uh, America doesn't have that requirement. Oh, actually, speaking of America, yesterday a judge ruled that the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers – not allowed to go through. The judge tossed out the mandate. They were supposed to have it in place now. And then Biden extended it to January 4th so that they didn't lay off any healthcare workers right before Christmas, like we did here. So now they had till January 4th to get vaxxed. A judge threw it out in 10 different states. And in all likelihood, if the other states bring that same challenge forward, he'll side with them as well and throw really? it out. The judge said, and it's very simple. He said basically what Doug Ford said here. We don't want to jeopardize not having enough healthcare workers, especially with a new yeah, variant coming. Sure. I'd love to know the total numbers on how many people got axed. I don't know if we've ever heard the number, the I'm not stat sure on how many uh, employees province wide lost yeah. their jobs. Individually, I think by what is it was by city, maybe it was by region, but by city at least, I think that we learned that. So I'm sure there's someone who's tallied it up somewhere. Well, that's what's going on with uh, Omicron, everyone. I still love that name. Omicron. This has been the Omicron update. (laughs) Oh, the other thing, too, is they're looking at they're going to take some advice from the podcast yesterday because it's the right thing to do. Yes. They're going to expand eligibility for booster shots. It won't just be the 70 plus or 80 plus or whatever. Soon, it's probably going to be anyone 18 plus who's six months out from their shot will be able to get one. They are just going to make sure those vax clinics are jam packed. Between people going in for boosters and all the kids going in for their shots, it's going to be like the mm. vaccine hunger games again. I oh, know. I'm just like, how are you feeling about that booster shot? I mean, I haven't really asked. Yeah. I know it's a per- like all of these are kind of personal questions. You know, I always yeah. feel bad. At- I-, I never want to like I- I'm curious to know people's thoughts, but it doesn't mean I need to know their personal business. You know what I mean? I'm just more curious. Like I'm trying to read the room of like how we feel about them. <laughs> Generally, I'm really glad that. For those who are very vulnerable, and we have seen that just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't catch COVID. You can still catch COVID. You hope for better results when you when you do catch COVID if you're vaccinated. We all know this. Sure. But for those, so for those very vulnerable to me, I get it. Yes, please vaccinate the seniors. Do it. Yes. But does everybody really need that booster? Well, see, and that's that's such a great question, Kat, because I'm very conflicted on this. Shot one. Yep. No problem. Everybody agreed. You got to get the shot. This is the vaccine. Shot two. Okay, well, if you got one, you might as well get two. Now we're talking about three. 
They're not taking four off the table. There could be five and six. And frankly, at this point, I'd like to take a pause and reevaluate my own health. So I think before I go and get any booster shots, I'm going to go for a pretty full and thorough checkup. And when I'm doing that, I'll pay the money for the antibody test because I would like to know if I've ever had COVID. There was a time back in uh, early 2020 where I just felt like shit for a week. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't sick. I was just really run down and tired. And we knew it was here. I mean, we found it later. It It had been here already. That's right. So that makes me think I've already had it. That would give me some natural antibodies. Now I've had a shot and a booster shot of the vaccine. I don't know how much antibody I need to this particular virus. So I would really like to just take stock of what's going on inside my body before I agree to a third one. I'd like to know about these vaccine certificates, these QR codes now. Yeah. I mean, are they going to have to update the QR code? You need a third, guys, or your QR code is no good here. You got to get a new QR code when you get the third. I want to know when that happens because you know it might eventually happen. I don't know if they're going to be good with two for a while. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll chill on two till the spring and then they'll go, got to get a third. Well, what bugs me about it is they probably know. They've got a long-term plan. They've written it out. Here's how all this is going to go down. We saw some of it in the reopening plan. Was it January 17th? Actually, it's supposed to be gone, right? Like, I mean, this QR code is supposed to, according to their plan, air quotes, it's yeah. supposed to be gone in, what is it, January, February? That's right. Which seems ridiculous. Why would they even say that when they when they know how it works here in Canada? Like, it, colds, flus, every kind of illness passes really quickly from one person to another through the winter months. So I don't, still don't understand why they decided that's the date they're going to claim that they get rid of it. I honestly thought that we needed a timeline. We needed to know what they were thinking. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think January 17th was pretty ambitious. But everything that so we dumb. everything we knew back in the fall, because cases were dropping, and they, sure. they said we planned for a slight uptick in the colder months. But, you know, overall, it'll still be manageable. I think that if we, and the cases are high, we know that, but if we just go by the hospitalizations, which are not nearly what they were this time last true, year, then true. I think we can probably get away with it. True. And I hope that that Doug and Justin, well, never mind with Justin, Doug, please apply a little bit of common sense and remember to keep your eye on the prize. Focus on the goal. The whole point of all this bullshit was to preserve hospital capacity. If we're preserving hospital capacity, fine. We've got hospital capacity. So right now, Mm -hmm. there's no need to talk about anything. The only restrictions that should be imposed right now should be coming from the federal government, and they're all to do with travel and Omicron getting into Canada. Now, it's already here. Four cases. Can we have a province-wide outbreak because of four cases in Ontario or five? I don't know. I mean, COVID started somewhere, so maybe. But with all the stuff that we've still got in place, I think we're good. I, I don't think we should have to face any more restrictions. And again, I mean, yeah. they just have to look at the actual markers that matter. And that's only mm-hmm. healthcare. Yep. And I'd like to think, and we, we mentioned it yesterday when we, I guess the very first Omicron, we don't have to start a new chapter of this uh, podcast, do we? The Omicron chapter. Oh, we're not chapter. doing that till the Fuck new year. that, right? So, uh, season six is the Omicron <laughs> season. <laughs> but we mentioned that, and, it, and I said it didn't scare me, and it doesn't, but it is amazing how many, t- when you hear people talk about it more, it tends to make you more scared. But I still do really at the core feel the same way, as, as, as you mentioned, the hospitalization. That's what we should be looking at too. And it's better. It's totally better. Uh, Let's switch gears here and talk about the booze because we're both big fans. I like the booze. Tell me if this is a suggestion that you would appreciate because I find there's some people who are very, very happy not knowing certain things. Maybe you're one of those people 
who still doesn't like that they post the calorie content on a menu. Some people hate that. They want to go in and they want to have their their sunset grill bacon and eggs every day and they don't want to read that they're taking in 900 calories in one meal. Okay, I understand. Mm -hmm. What about booze? Because that's the new suggestion is that alcohol labels should include all of the relevant diet and nutrition information. I'm okay with that. Really? I look it up anyway. Okay, but why? That's just me, though. So I understand, like, maybe the general public is like, ma, why? You're ruining it. But I look it up anyway. I could tell you roughly how many calories are in an ounce of this or that or the next thing, and wines especially. I do it, though, because I need a low-sugar um, wine. If I'm going to have more than a few glasses, which tends to happen if it's like a weekend, for example, I always go with a low one. Basque is a great one, by the way, and it's zero carb, so super low sugar. That way I don't get a headache the next day. So I always constantly am looking online. I'm like, well, the LCBO actually tells you for wine specifically. I don't know how many people know this. But I didn't know that. Is it on their website? N- yes, it's on the website, but it's also on the label of the wines. I didn't even realize that. Yes. So look for the grams per liter. So it's amazing how many wines you could have two grams a liter, a, a lovely whatever. Red, reds tend to be lower in sugar anyway, but there's still some that are quite high, especially the whites and obviously rosé. You look for the gram per liter on that white tab at the LCBO. You can look it up online too. Like I said, if, the, if for some reason it's not written there, but some can be two, right? Really? So I'm aimed to go for like two. There's a, again, there is a zero one, two, you know, four, two to four. Okay, fine. There are some that are like 200 grams per liter of, of sugar. sugar. Yes. Fuck off. Yes. Really? Yes. Well, they should put that in bold. <laughs> I, thank you. So that's why I do think it's good. It's good to educate yourself on that because maybe you are the type, even to make you feel better, and I'm not saying it'll make people deter people from drinking, but maybe if you can make a slightly different selection, you'll feel better for yourself too. What is scotch like? Yeah, do you, well, scotch would tend to be like zero. There's a lot of, um, a lot of hard liquors are zero carb, really? zero sugar, but the calories are there. So you do have to watch calories, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, but you know wines what? are the... I mean, to me, it's more like wines and obviously liqueurs. I think most people know liqueurs are like just riddled with sugar. You're just asking you're, for it. Yeah, you, you know I mean? you're hopefully not... You're only having like a, a sip or an ounce. You know, you're not sh- taking back a whole bottle of it in a night. But if you look... Oh. Well. Well, <laughs> no, that's what makes you feel like shit the next day, though. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for me if I have a few glasses of wine that are two compared to like... Hundred, but you could do, you could punch in your favorite wine, and I'll show you where to look. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's we'll do that later. Interesting to know. I'll show you. Uh, that is again the proposal, though, that all yeah. labels and alcohol should include that information. And, and there's a lot of people who think that's bullshit. They what, don't want to know. What's wrong with knowing though? And so is, they want the label to be on the physical bottle, correct? Yes. Yep. Just like the ones you see on like a can of beans sure. or on a box of KD. But how do you regulate that? Because every country or even province. Uh, would have or state would have different laws. How do you regulate that in terms of it coming into a place where you have to have that listed? Do they have to slap a label on it? Because I have seen that for products, for example, that we import here, a label is slapped on it that's appropriate for what we are supposed to, food I'm talking about, for what we are supposed to know, the nutritional info. Yeah, it'll just be one of the conditions that if you want to be sold in the LCBO stores mm. or at the Ontario beer stores, your product must come with a label that specifies this, this, mm. this, this, and this. I feel like we wouldn't do that here. No? Because we would run the risk of those companies just being like, okay, then we won't sell there. Bye. And moving on. Really? And and the, they like money. The government likes money. And there's certain products that are imported that are quite popular that do make the LCBO some good money. 
Listen, it is time. Maybe after they put this policy in or reject this policy, let them handle that. It really is time to get rid of the LCBO. We we, we just have to. Mm. I was in a new pot shop the other day. Uh, it's at uh, Town Line in the 401 in Cambridge. Nice place. So I was in there and I was talking to the person. They were telling me how they got to the, the business portion of it and how they opened it up and they found a great place at a great rent and they're able to bring in these products and those products and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And as heavily regulated as it is, they're still doing a very good job. And frankly, I don't understand why it's okay for private individuals to open up a store that sells cannabis under the guise of it's all got to be regulated by Health Canada and here's what you can and can't do. Why can't we do the same thing with alcohol? Not necessarily the same stores, but if it was the same stores, I don't think it's the end of the world. But if I would like to open up a liquor store, I should be able to open up a liquor store. And if I decide, you know what? I want to carry uh, one of my favorite wines is called Duckhorn. Okay. Great red wine. It is a Napa Valley Merlot. If I actually it comes in a cab staff too. If I want to sell Duckhorn wine and it's not available at the LCBO, well, that gives me a competitive advantage. I should be able to order that in and sell it in my store. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that kind of variety or competition with one person that owns the, the LCBO, all of the alcohol sales in Ontario. And that person happens to be Doug Ford and the government of Ontario. We've got to let private people get into this business and get the government out of our business because frankly, it could be a lot better. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You want a bottle of vodka? Go to the LCBO. Yeah. You own a bar? Well, you got to order from the LCBO. I know. It is a nice freedom. And by the way, that's two grams a liter, so you're good there. Two it's grams a liter? Not bad. Yep. Um, that I, seems looked, low. I looked it up for you. That's Thank good. you. Not bad. See um, why I like it? See? I like it. I might try that myself. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. Uh, you don't want it to. It's cheap, though. The one I'm looking at, or maybe this is a specialty. Is it $69 a bottle? Or is this, am I looking at a, like a, vi- a real vintage bottle here? $69 a bottle? 2018. I'm looking at a 2018. Buy it. That's a hell of a deal. I, oh. I've paid over a hundred for a bottle. Are of you it. serious? So you, this is a special occasion guy for you. You don't do this all the time. No. You? If no. you do, then fuck. I'm going to more of your parties. <laughs> <laughs> you should come to more of my parties. You should They're try great. the Snoop. By the way, I tried the Snoop wine over the weekend. I hadn't had it yet. Nineteen Crimes, I think it's called. Real good. Is it? Oh yeah, real good. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And and only thirty bucks. I think thirty twenty twenty to thirty bucks a bottle. See, I don't feel like Snoop knows anything about wine. He has no credibility you know, in wine, and I'm not sure why I would do that. Snoop has money, that, and he can buy people who know all about it. Yeah, if it's really just about the name on the bottle, <laughs> okay, really fine. But while we're talking booze, let's do this. This is some people's fantasy. There is a pub over in the UK. 61 people went there on Friday night. It was great. They were going to see an Oasis cover band oh, at this bar. Cool. Now, this happens to be the highest bar in the UK by altitude. It's like 1,700 feet above oh, sea level. Oh, cool. It's I thought like, you were going to tell me it's like a weed bar, too. No, 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 no. Cool, no. Man. Just above sea level. It's a high altitude <laughs> got bar. Got you, got you, got you. So that limits how you can get there. And they had a snowstorm in that particular part of the UK. So there were snowdrifts blocking the roads out of the bar. So these people went, watched their show. And then they were fucking stuck there in a bar. <gasps> That's kind of scary, but also kind of cool. First off, how about Noasis, the Oasis cover band that was playing? Listen to these guys. Yeah. 
Today is gonna be the day that you're never getting out of here. You're stuck. <laughs> you're not getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, what would you do? What would you do? So the, I don't even know how they found out. Like, I don't know if it's just like one manager is like, oh, they pick up the phone, for example. It's like, the what? The what is closed? Well, when's it going to be open? Oh, oh, shit. Like, how are you going to tell all those people? Did he just like, it was just like, hey, hey, no Oasis, shut up for a second. We have a major announcement. You're all stuck here. <laughs> and what would you do? Like, I mean, would you just be like, well, you're stuck, you're stuck. Let's get, let's get another drink. That's what they did. They just drank the, they just drank the place dry? On the Friday. But when they all woke up <laughs> together on the Saturday, it was a slightly different picture. It's not as fun. See, this is what I mean by, I don't know if I would like this or hate this. I feel like I'd like it for an evening until like 2 a.m. And they're like, oh, the road's open, everybody. Go home. Here's a, here's a bunch of cabs. Get out of here, you. Then they'd be like, cool, that's a cool story. I don't want to wake up in that stinky fucking mess. No, you're going to wake up unshowered. You oh. probably slept on a fucking bar stool <laughs> or on the floor. <laughs> You've listened to a shitty Oasis cover band all night and you drank way more than you should have. You're hung to the nines. It's not a good feel. Yeah, peanut shells stuck to your face. Yeah, it's Ew. gross. By the way, in case you're wondering, it's the Tan Hill Inn. Here is the manager... Nicola Townsend talking about the ordeal for the customers. We are waiting to hear from the highways to see if they're going to be able to reach us with the snowplow. And then we should have some news about whether people will be able to start going home. We've had karaoke, we've had pub quizzes, we've had board games, card games, um, people helping to clear tables, wash up. It's been amazing. Yeah, like that's the time that you're at a bar where they might actually ask you, hey, can you go in the back and do some dishes? Well, and what else do you do? And what kind of an asshole goes, no. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I don't get paid for that. Not my job. <laughs> I paid my bill. That means you have to do it. At least they had, I assume, some food. I mean, they're going to live off pub food for a little bit, but at least they had probably had some food, you know? Uh, yeah, there was food and good on the staff. I mean, at that point, they were basically closed. 2 a.m., you're closed. Now, the customers can't leave, but the bar still felt an obligation to entertain them organizing karaoke and a quiz night and the band was still there how early is too early for the band like if you woke up on saturday morning around 10 and they said yeah hey, let's do some fucking jams yeah no it's like a foreign world to, to you you know what i mean if, if that's your lifestyle yeah no i think thanks. that would get real karaoke old. fuck that no way and there's nowhere to go. You're fucking trapped there. Yeah, you're stuck. That's a horrible <gasps> situation. And that's why people were doing dishes in the back. Nobody wanted to stick around for karaoke at the front. <laughs> like, I'll do dishes. I don't want to hear this, please. This person's terrible. <laughs> I'll do anything. I'll scrub toilets, man. Uh, let's see here. Oh, if you drive a Beamer, hmm. you're going to want to skip the rest of this episode. Uh-oh. An informal study in the UK found that people who drive BMWs, hmm. electric cars, and cars with vanity license plates are statistically far more likely to be a psychopath. <laughs> 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 it's a used car website in the UK that commissioned a study that looked into which types of drivers are more likely to have typical psychopathic tendencies. So they took a 12-question test, and here are some of the results. BMW drivers are more likely to be psychopaths than anyone else. Audi drivers were a close second, mm. followed by Fiat, Mazda, and Honda drivers, Cat. 
People who drive a Kia, a Toyota, or a Nissan ranks far lower on the scale. Kia, Toyota, Nissan. Okay. Gold is the number one car color for people with psychopathic tendencies. (laughs) If you see a gold beamer, you better fucking run. I'll take a gold one, please. Brown, green, and black were also on the list. People who have a red, silver, or white car, less likely to be psychopaths. People with fully electric vehicles showed overall the most psychopathic tendencies. Whoa. Hybrid drivers also ranked high, followed by diesel engine drivers. People that have a regular gas-powered car, least likely to be a psychopath. So did they did they survey psychopaths for this, or did they give a quiz to a bunch of people who happen to have cars and then figure out, based on their answers, how psycho they were on a scale of like 1 to 10? Yeah, they gave everybody the quiz and gotcha. then figured out what kind of car they drove. I want to know what the, what's the psycho test. I want to take the psycho test. I what think you that? should take that too, actually. I'm going to try and arrange that. <laughs> There's, you know, there's a difference between a psycho and a sociopath, though. There is definitely a difference. I I believe that. Having a vanity license plate could also be a sign, they say. People with personalized plates scored more than twice as high on the test as people who have normal plates. I I guess I could see, I guess I could see that. I just find people who tend to have the, those plates are kind of different, but never really in a psychopathic way. Sometimes they're a little like... Oh, you know, that guy. Oh, that guy. He's funny, right? Like that kind of thing. Not so much like that person's a psychopath. Like what about like fun mom, you know, 92, honk, honk. <laughs> like I don't think of that person as a psychopath. Can we at least agree a narcissist? Maybe a narcissist. But not necessarily a psychopath. A narcissistic tendency study would be interesting on some of these vehicles. I mean, we all know where that would go. The results would be very it much the same. It would also be a BMW. It was, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can. You Beamer drivers, you fucking maniacs. <laughs> it's amazing just, they let you run through society. I'm just waiting for the DMs on this. It'll be great. My neighbor has one. I hope you're listening. A new poll asked people what they like to do for fun in the winter. Not surprisingly, the least popular answer was attend an outdoor performance. Yeah. Ikea is offering a 107 square foot tiny home apartment in Tokyo for less than a dollar a month in rent for one year. Would you take them up on that? No. Firefighters in South Carolina believe that a fire started inside an assisted living facility was due to bullets that were put inside a toaster oven. One person had to be treated for smoke (laughs) inhalation. No one else was hurt. I'm going to Alaska. Why? Let's go back to where we are. We're, we're in an assisted living facility. Okay. Yes. And you don't want the, the what would they be? Uh, they'd be, what kind of workers would work in an assisted uh, living? Oh, like uh, PSWs? PSWs and such. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yes. Therapists. Lots of different caregivers. Right. Yeah. Well, if you don't want them to know that you're packing, obviously you take the bullets from your gun and drop them in the toaster. Jesus. Oh, shit. Somebody thought that was a good idea. What, uh... I can only imagine whoever the, whoever did that. I would love to be a fly on the wall the day that they were basically put into the home. Because <laughs> I bet you that wasn't fun. <laughs> I'll go, Get but I'm your, not going without my gun. Get your hands off me. <laughs> I raised you. Now look what you're doing. Uh, 5% of people in a recent poll thought Game of Thrones was based on actual events and people no, from hundreds of years ago. No, no. 
why? We're getting dumber as a society, aren't we? Okay. Like we see TV and we think, true story. <laughs> That's a documentary. Right. Like there's probably people out there that are thinking, you know what? One of these days on my bucket list, I want to go out to the East Coast and stay in the trailer park where the trailer park boys live. I mean, I do though. It's it not, wouldn't it's be not bad. A thing. But Sunnyvale looks great. It does. Just for a day though. Kind of like that sh- that bar situation. Just a day. Just one day. Just a day and I'm out. A TikTok is going viral because a woman got each of her four grandparents to draw a flower. Okay. Then she took those four drawings and got them tattooed on her. Oh, that's cute. Is it cute? (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Okay, you want me to think deeper about this? Why? Why would it? Why is it not cute? I feel like there's way too many people that are trying to 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 con other people, and old people fall for this shit all the time. What do you mean? Guaranteed, you didn't tell all four of your grandparents. I want you to draw a flower so I can get it tattooed on me. God knows what kind of a scam you were pulling, but you went to your grandparents and said, "Hey, draw me a flower." If my daughter or son came to me and said, "Hey, can you draw me a flower?" I'd tell him to get the fuck out of here. No, I don't draw flowers. Fuck off. What are you worried about? That that's copyright infringement? Like that's my flower now? It's on your body? Like you could probably sue for that, I suppose. Which it is a very litigious society. Absolutely, I could sue their asses off for that. I'll just put my initials on it. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's kind of a cute idea. If you're not sure what to get for a tat, go ahead. fine. I mean, at least there's some sentimental value. There's a lot of tattoos out there that have none at all. So at least there's a little bit of like, hey, my grandparent drew that. During the pandemic, something slipped through the cracks. As it turns out, despite having all that free time during lockdown, the one thing that we didn't do was a very good job at teaching our kids how to read. The pandemic has reportedly caused a spike in illiteracy for children, mm. particularly those children ages three to six years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You believe it? You read with your girls, yeah, right? I do all the time. My youngest or sorry, my oldest is is learning. I mean, knows all her letters now. So now we're working on sounds and sounding things out. But that aside. Ah, are you supposed to do that? They don't teach them how to sound shit out in school anymore. Well, not yet. I mean, eventually, of course, when they start reading. But I'm at the stage where I'd like her to start. Like, she'll look at words, right? And she'll say, okay, let me see if I can get what this is. And usually she's like, she's not correct yet. But she'd see like beat there. And she'd go, okay, you know, and she sounds it out. And I help her sound things out. So that's where we're at right now. But it is amazing, Scott. And sad. Very sad. That there are not a lot of parents out there that take any sort of initiative toward their kids' education. They assume you're going to school. That's what school is for. I'm not your teacher. Like for me, teach their own. That's somebody else's job. Fuck that. Yeah. Honestly, though, (laughs) to me, like I am a mom, which also means I am everything else that follows uh, falls under that. And to me, a teacher is one of them. Mm. I teach my kids. And I think it's important that we do that because that way you're not pissy if your kid learns something at school and you're like, I'm not sure I want that. Well, talk. Why don't you sit your kid down? Why don't you talk to your kid? And some people will complain, oh, there's not enough time in a day. You know, all it really takes sometimes is like a five minutes, five minutes before bed. Go over some things that you think that they should know um, t- to keep them from being behind. And I have I mean, we've mentioned it before. We both have we both have friends and close family members who are in you know school boards. And I could tell you it is so sad. The stories that they'll tell me, Scott knowing that these kids have never even been read to by their parents or not encouraged to read or or maybe at their stage of writing or whatever or or learning anything like anything of substance maybe they're stuck in front of a TV or gaming and that's fine i think there's time for screen time no matter what it is but also those those small things that can really add up in school that keep people behind that keep children behind it's sad to me 
We should all be stepping up as parents and doing a little bit of something just to make sure that we keep kids on the right track. That is our job. That is part of our job. Well said. I like it. Here's the scenario. You're at home. Mm-hmm. You get a knock on the door. Uh-oh. Open up, Callahan. It's the cops. Oh, my gosh. What did I do now? You've got, in your home, a decent amount of drugs. <laughs> like a pile somewhere? <laughs> like okay. He's got a pile got like of drugs a, a somewhere. A heaping mountain? Okay. Like the All coffee right. table is covered in powder. <laughs> it's riddled. And pills. Yeah. And the cops are at the door. Oh, shit. What's your next move? Okay. What do you do? Probably try to grab something quickly, like a sack of some kind, bag, anything, and, and kind of just give a large scooping motion and just scoop everything into a bag and maybe put the bag somewhere where I don't think that the cops would look if they have a warrant. I don't know if that's... I think with a warrant, they look just about everywhere. <laughs> I think that's the point of the warrant. Well, I'm not... I mean, I, I could say the wrong answer, and I think the wrong answer is attempt to flush it all down the toilet. That's one of the wrong answers. One of the wrong answers. But probably your safe is bad. If you can, you ditch it as quickly as possible. You don't want to get caught with that. Sure, but ditching it like in the garbage, they're, again, if they have a warrant, they're going to find it. When you say ditch, what do you mean? Okay, well, let me tell you what happened oh, to this no. fucker. Oh, no. Uh... Police raided this drug dealer's apartment late last week. He had over 40 pounds of pot in his place, along with two dozen cannabis plants. And when he realized the police were at his door, he panicked. Uh Now, as a public service to you drug dealers, I'm going to tell you that when the police show up at the door, (laughs) it's not just the guy knocking on the door. There's probably other cops in the area, just so you know. Uh Uh-oh. This guy decided, rather than flush it or anything else, actually, it'd be hard to flush 40 pounds of weed. That's too many. And two dozen plants. That's too many plants. (laughs) Can't do that. The first dozen plants went down easy, but the second half, Mm -mm. I had to use a plunger. Mm -mm. He decided he was going to do what he did in opening the second floor window and just started heaving handfuls and handfuls of drugs out the fucking window. What? Now, if anything, he didn't exactly get away with this crime. I think he actually made it a little easier for the cops to catch him right below his second floor window because he lives in a, a an apartment above a retail of some sort. There was an awning and there was a bunch of cops standing <laughs> Right below his apartment in case he tried to flee. So this asshole threw 40 pounds of weed and two dozen plants out his window that landed on the awning below and then just swept right into a nice neat pile (laughs) in front of the fucking cops. The person collecting evidence is like, well, this is an easy job. One, a two, a three. Police say by the end, there was a bunch of weed piled up under the window and then more scattered on the sidewalk. All they did was grab a dustpan and a broom and sweep the whole fucking pile of evidence into a bag. Then they went upstairs and actually searched his place where they found hash oil, $8,000 in cash, and several weapons, including a crossbow. Is this hard time, by the way? Can you tell me if this is hard time? Oh, this is going to be a lot of time. Okay, then I know know what the answer should be. What? I know what he should have done. It would have been terrible. It would have been terrible, but I know what he should have done. Okay. Set the whole fucking place on fire. Burn her down. Burn it down. You could injure someone who had nothing to do with your drug selling activity. That's why I'm saying it's terrible, especially when you live in an apartment. Sure, yes, yes. You could just like give them a quick call. Like, hey, you might want to evacuate. I'm about to burn the fuck out of my house. 
did this guy never look out his window? Like no. he literally dropped it. It bounced off the awning and right into a nice neat pile for the cops. Did you hear how many drugs there were in the house? Uh, this true. guy was lit up. He was probably high as shit. Oh, wasn't he? no idea where the where he was, what was happening, who was knocking on the door. I think it's the cops. Oh crap! What do I do? He has no idea. Okay, let me. Uh, we're running real low on time here, so just a couple quick things. Since we're talking about drugs anyway, and now it's coming from Toronto, and and typically. Our leaders really only pay attention if it comes from Toronto. Sure. Toronto's medical officer of health, Dr. Eileen Davila, mm-hmm. says the current approach to the opioid overdose crisis is not working and a public health approach is needed. And that's why she says she's asking the city of Toronto to formally request of the federal government an exemption for Toronto to decriminalize possession of illegal drugs. In other words, maybe you're listening to us in Sweden and you want to do heroin. If you come to Canada. What is, what is the likelihood we have someone listening from Sweden who wants to do heroin? That would be pretty crazy, eh? If, if that's actually a if thing. If that's a thing, that'd be pretty nuts. Like We're going to hey, put that in the sponsorship that's package. What I, hey, <laughs> that's me. I want to do heroin and I'm in Sweden. This is crazy. Well, well over a million listeners and one guy in Sweden that wants to try heroin. <laughs> what are the odds? In any case, if you're here and you're walking down the street with some heroin in your pocket, as long as it's not enough to meet the threshold of distribution, like you're carrying to sell it to other people, just a personal amount, cops will let you go. Yeah. Or decriminalize, not legalize. So decriminalize was you might get a simple ticket for possession, but they won't even do that because the whole goal of this is to destigmatize these illicit drugs so that people aren't doing them underground and in an unsafe way, they can go to a safe consumption site or they can at least uh, not have to worry about the repercussions of getting medical treatment or getting counseling worried that they're going to get arrested for having a pocket full of fentanyl. Yes, yes, yes. And those issues are popping up like crazy. I've really evolved on this issue. I've evolved on a lot of issues, but this one in particular, I used to think it was crazy to tell people it's okay to do cocaine. It's okay to do yeah. heroin or ecstasy or whatever. I'm starting to think there's a point to this. Mm-hmm. If there's that many people, truly that many people who need help, but feel like they can't ask for help because they're doing something illegal and they don't want to spend the next few years in jail, then we got to fix that. We need to get yeah. people the help they need and the resources they need. I used to be firmly opposed to safe consumption sites. And frankly, I still am. If it's in my personal neighborhood, but I understand that they need to exist. It's needed. It's needed. Um, they have to. Yeah. Honestly, there's no other way, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll give you just a quick stat from Toronto. There were 531 opioid overdose deaths in Toronto last year, mm-hmm. up 81% over the previous year. Yeah. Now, that's partially the pandemic, but that's 81% more that are likely addicted. We're heading into a really bad time for that, too, particularly for the homeless population who are, yes, they may have addiction issues and some of them don't necessarily have addiction issues. But there are bed shortages for homeless and people just trying to find a place to sleep. And could you imagine in minus 30 degree weather? So my sister helps with the homeless population. She she works for a healthcare kind of system that takes care of them. And. It's um, I, I would same as you. I evolved actually because at first I thought, look at that. You know, maybe I would be as rude as to be like those loser junkies, like blah blah. But then you kind of learn a bit of a backstory, like these people who are stuck outside that that have no beds, and we know that does happen because beds fill up in a lot of places because of COVID. It made things way worse last year. 
minus 20, 25, 30 degrees Celsius, middle of the night, they'll do anything, anything to get some rest and not feel that bitter cold. And they're not dressed properly and, you know, or whatever the situation. And some of them use so that they can just get through the night. They don't necessarily want it. It's not like the, the, the high excites them. They, they feel they need to do it to survive another night. And that's where you get a lot of overdoses too. The whole thing is concerning to me. I mean, I used to look at it through the lens of, you know what? It's illegal. Because we can't fight it doesn't mean we should just decriminalize it. That was the way I thought of it. And that was really one-dimensional thinking. Uh, And partially in having conversations with people just like you, like we're having right now. I did evolve on that. And and frankly, if any of the decision makers are listening, I think you should have a serious conversation about it. And you should not delay on this. Don't fuck around and say, oh, yeah, it's something that we'll study later on in 2022, 2023. No, I mean, this is something that should probably be done now. Mm-hmm. It really is time mm-hmm. to to take a serious look at that because there's people who need help. They're basically crying out for help and we're doing nothing for them except throwing them in jail. Well, did you really make the problem any better? Did you really serve society in that way? Did you serve the taxpayers in that way? Because I'd really much rather just get them the help they need and get them into a safe place mm-hmm. from, from my perspective. Uh, last but certainly not least, farmers say turkey supplies are at 30-year lows this holiday season because of supply chain issues that are affecting Canada's agriculture industry. The supply-managed poultry industry cut production last year because of demand uncertainties during the pandemic. Last year, we were supposed to stay within our own household, right? Yeah. Well, maybe your 20-pound turkey got reduced to a 12-pound turkey last year. The whole industry was all fucked up, so they cut production. Well, now, thanks to the flooding disaster in B.C. compounding the problem and an unknown number of turkeys that were killed in the flooding out on the West Coast and because of all the transportation issues, because of the washouts, they say we don't have enough turkeys for all the families in Canada this year. Brian Rickler of the Turkey Farmers of Ontario Association says turkeys will be harder to find this year and definitely more expensive. Interesting. I remember after Thanksgiving being at the grocery store. Do you remember how many extras? Because of what you said, too. I mean, some families just changed the way they did things. Some families didn't get together. Maybe they got together in smaller groups. But I remember there being a shit ton of extra leftover frozen turkeys. Where did all those ones go? Well, everybody was stuffed. So they didn't. (laughs) They were stuffed after Thanksgiving. So, okay. So what so what you're saying is and that's sad, by the way, that's as particularly for the farmers that are, that would like to make it that would like to be like hey here's an abundant source and this is our income so thank you for this you know it really it's a business too but what you're saying from a consumer's point of view is if you do see a turkey that looks good to you and you're able to stow it away from for the next month get it now is that what you're saying basically okay get it now or at least put your order in if your order's in then your turkey comes in and you're good in okay i always order a fresh one um, okay. <clears throat> listen, when it comes to the turkey thing, there's a lot of people who just expect it. It's not Christmas without a turkey. And I get it. You can't just go cold turkey. You've mm-hmm. got, you want to be weaned mm-hmm. off that shit. So make some advance arrangements. Or before you know it, you're going to end up with a nice, a nice Christmas pork tenderloin this year mm. or something like that. Uh, new tradition. We're having roast beef. Why not? Nah, it's, no. I know. Well, that or your turkey. Order your turkey. What do you call a group of turkeys without feathers? I don't know. A cluster pluck. Uh huh. Hmm. 
<laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, let's see if I have another one. When we cross a turkey and an octopus at Christmas, what do we have? A turkey and an octopus? This is going to be funny, isn't it? I don't know. Enough drumsticks for dinner. Oh, that wasn't as good as I thought. It wasn't as good as Are I thought. Are you a stuffing either. person, by the way? Love it. You love it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hang on. Okay. Uh, no, I'll do. I, I just want to end on a good joke. Do you like cranberry too? Do you do the cranberry sauce? I love cranberry sauce. Do you? Wow. Yeah. You love all that shit. Love it all. No. Oh, wow. Give it to me. All on the plate at one time. What do you is call it? a rude turkey? Uh, I don't know. A jerky. Oh, okay. I don't know. These aren't very good. I thought that this was a leading website on turkey humor, but apparently not. <laughs> you subscribe to this, don't you? Don't lie. Do not lie to this audience. You subscribe to these jokes, don't you? Yes. Every day I get a new one in my inbox. It's a new turkey joke every fucking day. Fun fact. He pays twenty nine ninety five a month to get these. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that worth it? Same price as a Tim Beebs hat. Uh, yeah, people are putting that shit up on eBay too, eh? The Bieber stuff? Yeah, it doesn't mean people are buying it. By the way, guys, let's just clarify one thing. Because people were talking about this like crazy by yesterday afternoon. We were talking about the fact that we both bought Tim Beeb's hats. I even had a friend message me like, put it on eBay. No, I'm not going to because that's stupid. And I would never charge someone $100 for a toque. That's dumb. But just because it's up for Only that. Only Lululemon would do that. Obviously. Yeah, they're, they're, they did do that across the board. Uh, oh, it doesn't mean that people are buying them for that price. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But just because it's posted for that doesn't mean it's going to be sold for that. But I mean, how dumb are these people? Who purchase it for that price, you mean? Well, A, I think that's rude. Outrageous. You, you went out to buy it specifically Outrageous. to gouge someone else. Yes. That's bullshit. And I joked about doing that, by the way. I think like when it first launched, but I would actually never do that. But I mean, you bought the hat. Let's yeah. say you bought it at noon yesterday. You got yourself a toque for twenty nine ninety nine. It says Tim Beebs on it and you're good. At one, you put it on eBay for a hundred bucks. Some people were selling the fanny pack for three hundred bucks. It's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. Okay, but you can still buy them at Tim Hortons. Yeah, some some locations are out of it though, and they're not sure if they're going to get more. I think it's, they're going to get more. I they mean, saw how much money they made maybe yesterday. They will. Maybe they, I saw this. I saw this conversation going on too. One person was like. You know, damn you guys, if you were the type that went and got like six or seven of these hats and hoarded them, there are some families who are, you know, who don't get paid yet our checks to our low income housing or whatever the heck it is. Don't come in. And then there was an argument on that. Like, why? If you don't have money, why are you spending $30 on a toque? And I'm just like, guys, why? Why does everything have to turn into a crazy argument? Yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd to me. You don't know somebody else's situation. You know, it's crazy. hey, a lot of people have money problems right now yeah. and they do have to wait for their check to come in, which yes. would likely be tomorrow, the first of the month. And by the way, people still give Christmas gifts too. Like yeah. they're still trying to get Christmas gifts and do what they can uh, listen, to make it a good Christmas. I don't think there's very many things that my daughter asked me for that I didn't try and get for her. Yeah. And if she asked me for a Tim Beebs hat, whether yeah. I had the money or not, I would try and find a way to get her a Tim Beebs hat. Yeah. Now, jacking somebody for 150 bucks on eBay seems a little bit of uh, bullshit. It's outrageous. So I get, though, that it's only Canada and the USA Tim Hortons that have got it. There's a lot of places in the U.S. that don't have Tims. There's a lot of countries mm -hmm. that don't have Tim Hortons. So maybe you're trying to sell it to them. Uh, you can still order it on the Tim Hortons website. Can uh, you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's like, not sold out yet? That's great. They're not sold out. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't understand. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Chill out. All we're saying is chill out. Wait till it's like vintage too. That's what I thought. I thought it'd be kind of cool. Like 
five, ten years from now being like, remember that time? Mm-hmm. Ah, there's my Tim Beebs hat. Whatever happened to the cat hats? Because until Bieber, that was the hottest hat I, going. I still have the cat hat. Do you? I still have the cat Of course I do. I brought it. Actually, it's right there. It's sitting over there. Oh, shit. I got the Tim, I've got the cat hat here today. My girlfriend took mine. Yeah, of course she did. That's what we do. That's what we do, baby. We just take you. <laughs> did you take your hoodie, too? <laughs> There's a few that I'm missing, yes. but I can't tell if they're packed in storage or if she actually took them. Oh, I accidentally put it in the dryer. Did you not want it in the dryer? It's too small now. It's mine. Oh, no. <laughs> That's my move. We got to go, guys. Yeah. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. We'll catch you right back here. Bye. There's this new COVID variant called Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. It sounds like a transformer who can't smell or taste. <laughs> the Omicron variant, which so far has been reported in Africa, Australia, Belgium, Britain, Germany, even Canada. Experts are, are hoping it ends up being like the second season of Tiger King, where everybody talks about it, but nobody <laughs> actually experiences it. Jack Dorsey stepped down as the CEO of Twitter. Twitter hopes that his replacement can find new and exciting ways for strangers to say horrible things to each other. <laughs> well, get this, due to a huge snowstorm in the UK, more than 60 people, including members of an Oasis cover band, have been stuck in a pub since Friday night. <laughs> yeah, after three days, everyone was fighting with each other. It was almost like they were in the band Oasis. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.